the ruckus. The ruckus. Good evening. Hi, it's Wednesday and it's time for another installment of the Ruckus Podcast brought to you by BadCulture.net. I'm your host, Jay LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net. I'm by RB, Michelle Rosado. We are calling tonight's show, Bring the Ruckus. Tonight, we make you the guest. You, the listeners, are the guests of tonight's show. We have no scheduled guests, so we want to hear from you. We're going to talk about some of boxing's biggest topics and get the feedback directly from the people because we pride ourselves on bringing the people to the boxing and the boxing to the people. My apologies for my tardiness. It's not a black thing. I'm so sorry. I got caught in L.A. traffic. Coming live and direct from the Sugar Ray Leonard event. Had a chance to talk to Sugar Ray Leonard. That content will be up later on Bad Culture, uh, Bad Culture TV. So look forward to that. Got a chance to talk to Sergio Mora. Got a chance to talk to Jojo Diaz. Got a ch- chance to talk to Ronnie Rios. I told him he owed me some money because he won his last fight. And he said I was good luck in Vegas. And then he won. So I think he should give me some money. But he just got married. So maybe we'll let him keep it. So let me bring in my co-host. The beautiful and calm, R.B. What's up, R.B.? Hey, what's good? Man, L.A. traffic. That's Well, that's what's not good. So that's why I'm like two or three minutes late. So, again, that's, my apologies, people. We made, it. we made it. We made it. We here. We here. So definitely looking forward to a great show tonight, talking to these great topics with the people. By the way, if you want to call into the show, and we want you to call into the show, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. Once again, 718-508-9852. What's a good word from Phoenix AZ, RB? Hey, so as Jay was saying, tonight is Bring the Ruckus. So we want to hear from our listeners tonight. Normally, we have people on the show that we're talking to and we're interviewing and we can't pick up the calls during the Monday Monday morning punch and show we usually pick up people to play know it or blow it but we actually want to hear from you guys tonight we want authentic reactions and opinions regarding some of the hottest headlines and topics right now dealing with canelo vacating uh laura calling out golovkin golovkin's fans being too loyal almost to a fault right now we got mayweather mcgregor talks happening again um Mm-hmm. things went wilder so we got a lot of good stuff and we want to go to the switchboard and we want to hear from you and and let you guys take the floor and bring the ruckus with us no filter um you know you, you, if you curse it's okay we're not syndicated right. yet so right. um we're ready to rock i'm ready to rock yeah you better enjoy it while it lasts because once we get syndicated <laughs> if you cuss on the show we gonna cut you so Get it out now, but that doesn't mean call into the show and be be able to articulate yourselves or express your feelings without acting like you in the barbershop. Okay, that's all, but not gratuitous cussing. So listen, we also have a pair of tickets to give away to Thurman versus Porter on June 25th. Now, I want to make this clear. 
tickets to this fight are selling like hotcakes. So this is not like, oh, they're giving away free tickets and they're paper in the house. No, um, the higher up people know that our show gets a ton of listeners and they wanted to do something for the fans. And they said, hey, here's two tickets. Give them away to some loyal listeners. So stay tuned to the show because we're going to let you know what you have to do to win these tickets. And yes, you are going to have to do some work. That's right. That's right. We just not giving out free free stuff here just because you you don't have to work for it. But it'll be some fun work. Anything involving me and RB is going to be some fun work. Later on the show, we will be joined, of course, by Man uh, West Coast West Coast East Coast editor of Boxing Scene Jake Donovan. Who, if you listen to the Morning Punchin this week. Jake was dropping that ether live and direct from Florida. So he's got some more news for us tonight that he's going to discuss and some other good stuff he's going to reveal to you. But I don't want to steal his thunder, so we'll bring that on a little bit later in the show. So once again, if you want to call in and sound off with us on tonight's installment, Bring the Ruckus, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. RB, let's kick it off with Iris Landy Lara. Woo! Iris Landy Lara's been in my timeline so much more in the past few days than probably the last year. Why don't you uh, clue the listeners in on Iris Landy Lara if they haven't been paying attention? You know, you made a good point. Lara has really been in people's mouths lately, which isn't typical. He's been all over social media. So here's the deal with Lara is after he beat Vannis, he, in his post-fight interview in Spanish, did say that he wanted to fight Golovkin and or Canelo rematch. Now, the translator only heard Canelo, apparently, and didn't say Golovkin. So what happens is this week, Lara's team, which he has a very legitimate team. Yes, Al Heyman is his advisor, but he actually has another manager-type guy in Louis DeCuba who does a lot of his business for him, and he has a publicist named Mario out of uh, L.A. or Vegas. So they put together this big press release. And so, obviously, this was a collective effort here. And the press release pretty much said that he wants to fight uh, that he wants to fight Golovkin. And so, the press release goes out. And I'm like, well, shit, ain't nobody else calling out Golovkin. What's wrong with this? I'm, right. I'm okay with it, right? Well, the right. fans and boxing people, I mean, they just had a meltdown. And I was really confused the other day. Like, this man called out Golovkin on television after his fight. Then right. him and his team put together a press release. So obviously it was discussed right behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Why are people so upset with this? I mean, this is where I'm saying that GGG fans have almost become too loyal to a fault. You can't say that nobody calls this man out and then somebody calls him out and you shit all over the guy who calls him out. Right. What's up, so, what's up with that? What's up with that? I don't know. I, you know what I want? I want Golovkin to call his bluff. I, mm. There's no reason for people to be mad. So you know what? If you, Why don't they just call Lars bluff? Say, you know what? All right, we're ready to make the fight. And see what happens. Call his bluff. Now listen, Lara has been saying Golovkin's name since last year. I remember on the show and even on my Twitter, I have shared with you guys that Lara wants that big fight. He's ready to cash out. He's actually ready to retire. He's got a family. He's made very smart investments with his money in Texas. 
He's got a couple kids out in Cuba that he could go see now. And he just wants that big fight. And he, he is ready to cash out. Now, I don't know why we're so upset because Laura's not a bum, you know. And then you got people saying, well, nobody knows Laura. All right. Well, mm. nobody really knew Dominic Wade. Nobody knew Willie Monroe. Nobody really knows who uh, Antonio Rubio or I don't even know his name. Is that his name? Rubio? So, uh, that was right, Mark. you know, let's be consistent. Why are you guys really mad that Laura wants to move up and fight this man? That's what I want to know. And how about this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm bringing the ruckus, Jay. Bring it. <laughs> now, how about this, though? What's Danny Jacobs talking about? Nothing. That man has been the Not regular champ. He's been the regular champ for two years. I don't see him calling out the boss. I don't see him calling out Golovkin. And then a couple days ago, his trainer does an interview and says that they need two fights before they even think about that fight. So how about you got uh, Eubanks, uh, BJ Saunders, and now Laura that are saying, I'll fight Golovkin. They all making Jacobs look bad. Everybody calling this man out except for his mandatory. What do you think Danny let, Jacobs let, let's doing? Let's open our eyes here. What do you think Danny Jacobs is doing? He's chilling. He's chilling. <laughs> we told you on the morning luncheon show during Word on the Curb a couple weeks ago, he is chilling. They wanted him to get back in the ring quickly after that Quillen fight. He wanted a break. He wanted a vacation. He wanted to enjoy his payday, his family. They are all very considerate of him because of, you know, the journey that he's been on with the cancer and defeating that. And so nobody's really pressuring him to get back in there. But now they are. They're like, you got to fight. Vacation's over. So look, Golovkin fans, don't become like Floyd fans, like where you're becoming too loyal to a fault. Let's not do that. Um, let's not, oh, we don't want him to fight Laura because nobody lo- knows Laura. We want to talk to you Golovkin fans, and we want to talk to you Laura fans. People like to say Laura doesn't have any fans. They don't. Somebody likes Erez Landy Laura. I liked Erez Landy Laura after that Canelo fight. I still say Canelo won that fight. I know my girl uh, Claudia from ESPN, Claudia Trejos, we did a Google Hangout with Al with uh, Al Heyman, <laughs> with uh, Al Bernstein after that fight, and she and I both thought he won that fight. So we want to talk to the Golovkin fans. We want to talk to the Lara fans, and we want to know why does this bother you? Why do you care? What, what's wrong with him fighting Lara? If Khan can go up from 147 to 160, yeah, okay, yeah, we know you had a problem with that. But Lara, hey, Lara's a title holder. I mean, Laura's probably would be a better opponent than anybody that Golovkin's fought in recent years. So we want to hear your thoughts on that. We have two people in the queue right now. Let's see if we can get them to pick it up on this Laura versus GGG thing. Ooh, Jesus. I said call in. And bing, 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 bing. Looks like a slot machine. Ooh, okay, okay. We see you, Switchboard. We see you, 812-404-504-267-310-917. We see you. Lord, two, six, seven, oh. that's silly. Let's, no, we let's ain't messing wait. with silly yet. Yeah. Let's wait on that one for a minute. All right, let's let's go to the 812. 812, talk to us. Triple G versus Lara. Do you like it? Do you not like it? And why? Hey, what's up, JR? Biggest joke from Indiana. Man, uh, you said I could bring a ruckus tonight. Honestly, I didn't even want to talk bring about it. that, but I'll go ahead. Um. Really? I wanted to talk about, okay, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the Thurman Porter, man. I listened to the show uh, Monday, and I really 
like that interview. Thurman's ready, man. I'm just I'm waiting for this dude to come out and just not not Porter out, man. And then after that, I'm ready for him to go and take out Danny Garcia, knock him out in, in the fall or in the uh, next uh, spring. This man's going to be pound for, in my eyes right now, he's pound for pound number one. But he's going to be up there. Uh, ranked, he's going to be ranked better than anybody else out there, man. I wish he would move up. But right now, I'm all about the Keith Thurman show, man. Uh, to me, that fight, I wish it would get, I hope it gets more of a buzz. I feel like a lot of just a lot of media outlets, a lot of people just not supporting it because it's PBC. But man, this is a big, big fight, and I'm glad I got my, I got my tickets back when they went on pre-sale. Thank RB, you plugged me up too when they let me know it was coming in Brooklyn, man. Because I, I got a killer deal on my plane tickets, hotel, and everything. Because I got all my stuff back in March. I remember, Ooh. I got, I remember yeah. you asked yeah. me to go ahead book it for Brooklyn, and you did. That's that's what's up. Yeah. You got it at time. Um, you man, know, I'll never. I, Go ahead. I think as soon as the fight gets a little closer, I think that's when people will get really hyped up because I think they were really hyped up for March and then it got postponed and people were like all disappointed. So I think the show is still going to do well. And I think that the momentum is going to pick up probably in early June. I just think, you know, with the Canelo Khan fight and some other stuff that was going on this month and all the attention that, other people were getting, I think it took away from Thurman Porter. But they just announced the undercard. The undercard is loaded. Like, you're yeah. in for a whole good night. Yeah, I like the undercard. I'll be there right at five when the doors open. I'll be the first one in there. So, but uh, yeah, I just, I feel like that Canelo and that G, Triple G stuff, like, man, that it's taken away from the actual, I don't know, maybe because I'm biased because I'm invested in that fight. But man, I, I hope they do like a kind of like an all-access on Thurman Porter. And I, and I got nothing against the Porters. I like them, man. They're good dudes, man, real good dudes. I just, to me, as a fan, like, I follow Thurman. I've been following him since he made his debut on HBO, but I really root for the dude, man. So and a lot of people throwing shade at him because of that accident and all that. But that's why I hope he comes out, takes care of business, and then go, go after Garcia, take care of business, and then whoever's next can get it too, man. What, but what uh, I, have- I, I can ask you. I can ask you a question real quick. Uh, I don't have a problem with Laura fighting uh, Triple G. I mean, I, honestly, that'd be a, to me it'd be a great fight because you got you got you got Laura who's a, just a great skilled boxer, and I know he's gonna you know but Golovkin can come forward, so it, it'd be like a nice little you know chess match. But honestly, man, I'm more I'm I'm just waiting for June 25th. To be honest with you. That's what's up. You know, I've noticed that the Showtime cameras have been following. The Porters a lot and Thurman a lot. It seems like wherever they're doing some stuff, the Showtime people are there. So I'm sure they're going to probably roll something out. I don't know if we're going to get like an all access, but I think there'll probably be some type of buildup. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys tonight is a little word on the curb I got is that Keith Thurman may have been lying to us a little bit on Monday when he said that he hasn't sparred yet. The word on the curb is, that's what he wants people to think. That's what he wants Kenny Porter to think. But he actually has been sparring, but that's kind of the little thing that they're running with right now. Like, oh, I don't know about my neck. I'm not sparring. But the word on the curb is he's been sparring. Yeah, because he tweeted out Saturday night during the show during the Showtime card. He said it felt good. For, you know, yeah. Saturday night he said that he sparred. But then on, I think on Monday you asked him. He said he hasn't sparred yet. But at the end of the day – I. He's playing them. We got to play them mind games with Kenny. Ken Porter is a genius of mind games, you know, so you got to play with him. But it's going to be action, man. Are you guys attending that fight, RB and Jay? 
we really no. want to. We're going to be in New York um, for June 11th because we got the big Raven Bay brunch going on out there. Yeah, on- that's congratulations on that, RB. That's big, man. I wish I could go to that. I'm Puerto Rican too. If it, if Cotto was fighting that weekend, that. I would have went. I would have went, man. If Cotto was fighting, but uh, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in and for voicing your opinion. We're going to put you back in the in the queue there. Yeah, so thanks, gonna... ladies. Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks thank a lot. That's what's up. So, hey, that's one perspective. He says he doesn't mind. It doesn't bother him about uh, Lara versus Triple G. Of the three, Triple G, you know, tonight out at the Sugar Ray event, Sergio Mora, who's a middleweight, who's out there, I asked him, I said, hey, you got the right weight. Who's going to give Sergio Moore the phone call? Danny Jacobs, Triple G, Canelo. He said he don't care. He want to get any of those phone calls. But he said of the three, I asked him of the three, well, you'll have to watch the video. But, I, you know, Sergio Moore, I never meant his words. I asked him of the three who he thought he could beat the easiest, and you'll have to tune in and see what he said. Why don't we take a very quick commercial break, and when we come back, we will move on to our next hot topic. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. Yes, and we are back. We are back with the Ruckus Podcast. Your girl, J.R.B., live and direct from Phoenix, Arizona. We've been talking Lara versus Triple G or Triple G versus Lara in a potential of a fight. We want to continue hearing from you, so if you want to call in and sound off about that fight during the broadcast, let's do it. Why don't we move on to another topic that has been taking up a lot of space in media as a whole, not just social media. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. It was a big topic at tonight's event. It's a big topic on Twitter, on mainstream media. Is this really a thing? Are they trolling us? RB, what do you think about this? I I think they're trolling. I do. There's been a lot of stuff written about it. I think even Fox Sports has been talking about it. But there's so many factors behind the scenes that I see being mountains, okay, to climb, to even make this fight happen. So, let me give it to you like this. Can you imagine Mayweather Promotions doing a promotion with the UFC? It would be hell. Yeah. It would be hell. Yeah. So so then here's the thing. Wouldn't Floyd have to buy out McGregor's contract? And how much do you think exactly. Dana White is going to want for that contract? 50 mil? 75 mil? Uh, 100 mil maybe? I mean, we're we're talking – there's just so many – hurdles here because he would have to buy McGregor out of his contract. McGregor would have to agree to fighting a strictly boxing style fight in a ring. And we all saw how horrible he looked with his boxing skills, right? Right. Exactly. I'm sure Floyd has sparring partners that that box better than McGregor. Um, Is the appeal there, Jay? Yes. Is the market value there? Yes. But the reality is this is really far from happening. I think Freddie Roach the other day said it would take two to three years for McGregor to retrain his body and his mind strictly for boxing. So I think they're trolling. I think it's, you know, Floyd's way of still getting the attention and the limelight and all this other jazz. I don't see it happening. I, it's slim. 
What do you think Conor McGregor's motivation for doing something like this? As you are correct, he, McGregor would have to get out of his deal with the UFC. We know he's been having kind of a bad relationship with them. For those, Well, for those of you who are into MMA, he's been having some issues with them. Dana White, who's the president of the UFC, says he hasn't talked to Mayweather. They've been doing a lot of media and a lot of press, but ultimately, how much money are they going to make from all this trolling? What We know why Floyd does it, because it keeps Floyd's name in the media. Why? What about McGregor? It doesn't solve his current problem. Why do you think he would co-sign this? Because for a while, they were talking mucho shit about each other in the media. Why? Why? Why this? What is it going to really earn? I, I think anybody will do anything to be affiliated with Floyd. Mm. And then after a mm. while, they realize that it's not that it's all that it's cracked up to be. You're absolutely right. A lot, uh, a lot comes with all that, that scrutiny and attention. And, and McGregor likes the attention, but it's, he's not on the same level as a Floyd Mayweather when it comes to attention. But I think they're trolling us, too. Who sanctioned? Where do you... Who sanctions something like this? Is this even possible? Let's take it back to the phone lines. I'm going to pick up somebody and ask them what they think. 504, you're live. Bring the ruckus. Is Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor a real thing? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's a real thing. I just, I think they're trolling like RBC. I, I, I look at it as trolling. And plus, it's a lot of other stuff going on. Cause I know you heard about Mayweather trying to, get John Bones to come over and, you know, represent his brand, TMT. Mm, yeah, right. And maybe that's an angle with McGregor, too, to represent his oh. brand. You know, I think you're so, on to something. Floyd has said in the past that he would like Mayweather Promotions to get into MMA promotions, and maybe they could do a co-promotion. He might start signing UFC yeah. fights. Yeah, you know, it's basically the way his brand, you know, where all his TMT stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you, know, he, he, you know, he's making good money selling the stuff, so this going to make, you know, get McGregor and John Bones, so he's going to make more. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people, they like to clown the TMT gear, but let me tell you, yes. they sell so much TMT gear, especially in other countries outside of the United States. Yeah. It would boggle your mind if you knew how much he made a year on that oh, stand. And it ain't even that. He was on Fight Hype uh, recently, and he said he make about twenty million a year. <laughs> I believe, I, he makes some dough. I I have yet yeah. not even just boxing. You could just be out in the in the mall in the grocery yeah. store, and you'll see somebody yeah, wearing yeah. some TMT T, TBE Floyd Mayweather gear. It's everywhere. Yeah, I know, and but you got you know you got some of these boxer writers that that hate that his stuff sells for some reason. I don't know why. You know they they talk bad about it. I, I don't understand. But you know a lot of people got hate for Floyd. You know because he, I know he probably don't do interviews with certain people because he feel like they got agendas and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, we are trying to get him on the show. So I think there's that we still have a fifty-fifty chance, which is much better than most people. Most yeah, people. You know what? And you know what? That's good. Yeah, y'all got a fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Um, so if they were to like, make, if if they were to make the fight, Floyd versus McGregor, are you buying it? Are you gonna watch it? I watched the replay. Yeah, right. That's what everybody says, and they would buy it. I, I won't buy. It. I'll be honest. I won't buy it at all. Because 
and really, I really don't even think it's going to happen. Because like you said, there's a lot that got to go into it. And yep. it's all publicity. That's how I look at it. It's, it's media hype. And then, you know, a lot of this comes from, too, because just like when they were hollering around the Rosie, there's a lot of folks that hate, especially in the boxing industry, that hate Floyd so much they want him to lose to somebody. So they looking for somebody, and they just throwing names. Like, I hope this person beat him. Since nobody else could beat him, let's get somebody from MA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Well, you know, and everybody yeah. wants to fight Golovkin because they think Golovkin can be the one to beat him. But how about this? If somebody beats Floyd now, what does that mean? Because he's already 49 and 0. Oh. He's already in his older 30s. It's not like they're beating a prime Floyd Mayweather. So, what what type it of will people really gonna get out? gonna be a parade. Twitter gonna blow up. <laughs> Twitter gonna shut down. Twitter is gonna shut down completely. It ain't gonna work for like for two years because it gonna blow up that bad. Because they got people that really it will be like people like Steve Kim. He will be celebrating. He will literally celebrate because Floyd lost. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it, it, it got a lot of people, you know, I watch them on Twitter, these people on Twitter. They they, they really hate for it. I don't know, you know, I don't know why they hate him, you know, but, hey, they even bring up his past, even though he served his time for what he did. They want, I guess they want him to apologize on national TV for what he did, but <laughs> that's his personal business, you know. As long as he apologized to his baby mama, that's between them. Right. But, but I guess, yeah, but I guess they want him to be on national TV like, I'm sorry for doing what I did to my wife. I served my time. I ain't going to never do it again, which he haven't done it again. Well, look, people are, people are looking to crucify him. And here's the thing. Boxing is the only sport where you can have rapists, killers, woman beaters, all types of shit. I mean, seriously, sure. we're the only sport that will continue to embrace these type of athletes only in yep. boxing you know i i feel a personal type of way about his domestic violence past i understand why i understand why you cannot deny his talent you could you cannot deny his greatness and i will watch him i mean i'm not going to be like mm-hmm. i'm never going to watch him again look i don't like adonis stevenson i think yeah. that he's a piece of shit for being a pimp and pimping out women yeah. out in canada and he ha- he was holding them hostage in the dungeons and all like yo, if you read that paperwork, it's yeah. I, I heard about that, but I'm still I, I still tune in to watch him fight. Yeah, but I, I say this though, all right, Floyd did he did time for it though. He did his time for it. Okay, he did you like know, relax, relax. You act like he did six years. No, I know it wasn't no six years. It wasn't a whole lot. I was just about to say it wasn't a whole lot, but he went to jail. He went to jail for that that little incident. Hmm. And yeah. my thing is this: if you can forgive Mike Tyson, because Mike Tyson did something completely worse, and my mm-hmm. point, I think that's worse. I think that's worse. But if you can forgive him, you can also forgive Floyd. As long as he don't do it again, Mike Tyson haven't done it again. Floyd haven't done it again. We should leave it alone, because you know it's a lot of boxing. You go back in time, you know Ray Robinson. You know about his past. All fighters. Yeah, they all got their past. And my thing is, as long as they don't do it again, 
They they are uh, they apologize to the people they've done it to. Just leave it just All leave right. it alone. You know, we this is you know we talk about basketball or boxing. Just leave it at the sport. Don't break up their past because you hate them. You know what I'm waiting for, all just aside? I'm waiting for Floyd to get a reality show with all his girlfriends, like, sister-wise. Like, I'm nice. telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to be, like, on TLC or VH1. It's going to be, like, sister-wise, Mayweather. You know what? I bet he get a lot of – it'd be like uh, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. <laughs> that would be the – I'm telling you right now, if there ever comes a day where Floyd Mayweather does a show with his sister wives, I will live tweet that show. I will hold a special <laughs> podcast for that show. I'm on that. I'm on that. Do you know how entertaining that would be? Imagine what we don't see. You cannot tell me yeah. that these these ladies all fall into rank and file like a bunch of Stepford wives. Uh-uh. I'm sure it more, is you know, cracking I at the big me personally, I think it's more to it. I think it's, it's a lot more to it than what we think. It's just we just see what we see on the outside. Right. You know, I, I don't know think one all thing. of I them actually. Party. <laughs> I just y'all, y'all, if you follow me on social media, you know I'm a bartender. I come on, Floyd. Let me just bartend one of the parties. You don't even drink. <laughs> I could probably put you know, my kids Floyd, through college with one night of work. Floyd needs to mess with y'all. Floyd needs to mess with y'all. He should. Floyd he needs really to mess should. With y'all. We're, we're, he needs to mess with y'all when it comes to commentating fights. Uh, okay. He should. Right. Right. Because, hey, y'all the best. Thank y'all the best. Okay, you y'all keep start, everything. You y'all keep everything in the middle. Y'all criticize everybody. And that's, and that's, that's sure. what I'm supposed to be. We got people, we got a lot of writers that pick, pick sides. They don't want to admit it, but they pick sides. Look, they pick sides. Let me tell you something, and this is some real shit right here. There are people with agendas out there. We do not have an agenda. There are people that are on people's payrolls. I will tell you right now that RB&J is on nobody's payroll. We go out there, we get our own sponsorship, we make cold calls, we work hard as hell to keep the show going. Y'all do. You know Y'all what, do. with that Said, we can call it down the middle. If Top Rank has a good show, it's a good show. If they have a shitty show, yes. it's a good show. And it's yes, hard. That's how I feel. Yeah. I, I support everybody in Fox. I want everybody to do good. That's my All thing. Right. Top my Rank, man, Golden Boy, PVC, Mayweather. I want everybody to do good. I know that's right. And we want to do good, too. I'm going to put you back in the queue, yes. my man, because we on our topics. We appreciate you. We appreciate, appreciate the love. Y'all. Y'all keep up doing the good work too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh boy, I think we got uh, we got our guy calling in from the field. Let me just get him all together here. Let's bring on Jake Donovan live and direct from somewhere in the world. (laughs) Jake Donovan, from somewhere in the world world? is exactly right. (laughs) I'm gonna have to get the Carmen San Diego theme for you, Jake. What's good, Jake Donovan? Uh, no much. What's going on, ladies? How are you? How you been tonight? Man, we've been bringing the ruckus. We've had callers calling in. They've been bringing the ruckus. We've just been waiting on you. Okay, yeah. well, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. Where Where do we even start, Jake? Oh, where do we begin? I mean, I, I guess I'm stuck in the courtroom, right? Yeah, you know, so you have so many updates for our listeners tonight on all these laws. 
boxes. It seemed like boxing <laughs> right now. Some of the best fights are going on in the courtroom. You got Canelo yep. in the courtroom. Top rank is being sent to the courtroom today. So why don't you fill us in on what's going on with Showtime doing top rank? What is all that about? Okay, so from the moment the, uh, the the fight of the century last year ended between Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao, which, of course, Floyd won a landslide 12-round uh, decision, um, Pacquiao let it leak out that he came in, you know, slightly damaged goods, that he had a, a recurring uh, rotator cuff injury, that he, he eventually got healed, and now he's back to 100%. He wasn't for that fight, or so he claimed. Those who plopped down 100 bucks to watch the fight on, uh, on pay-per-view, they claimed they were defrauded, and... Um, you know, there's been a bunch of class action lawsuits filed against all parties involved. It seems like Showtime, Showtime and Top Rank have been the main two implicated. Showtime has spent the better part of the past year trying to clear its name, you know, and having all these cases dismissed. Apparently, there's some like some indemnification clause in there where um, basically Showtime doesn't want to be named in any of these cases anymore. And I don't know if there's an agreement where Top Rank agreed to pick up the legal tab, which is pretty close to seven hundred thousand dollars. Seven hundred thousand dollars. And um, that that amount remains disputed. Uh, the the suit that Showtime filed today against Top Rank was to recover those fees, basically. Uh, top Rank side, uh, you know, according to the Top Rank founder and CEO Bob Arum, was that they were still negotiating that term, and then all of a sudden they got hit with a lawsuit by surprise. So he's not bitter about it. He hopes that it's that it will get resolved. Whereas Showtime is, you know, truly going to legal action. It, it, it's just bizarre. It's like it's basically a lawsuit <laughs> over another lawsuit. You know, it's almost like double secret probation at this point. It, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, when there's no fights on the schedule, I mean, these are where the fights are taking place. Now, this is what happens when boxing isn't active enough. Mm. So, uh, so you yeah. spoke to Bob. Bob's cool with it. He's like, yeah, we're going to take care of it. Uh, yeah, he, Bob is, you know, he was very jovial. Yeah, we spoke about that. We spoke about all the, the, the woes plague in the New York Giants, and hopefully this will be their year. But, um, you know, he, he seemed more concerned about the Giants' upcoming season than he did about this lawsuit, to be honest. He's confident that it's going to get resolved. It's not going to drag on, as was the case with the, the, the previous lawsuit he had with, um, with Al Heyman's enterprise, which, you know, that finally got resolved. You figure once that got resolved and these two can do business together, you figure, you know, what else can go wrong? You know, the, you know everything else is all good. Nope, now we got another lawsuit in the works. So only in boxing. All right, let's go to another courtroom down in Florida in Dade County. So you were at uh, the jury selection on Monday yes. morning with mm-hmm. All-Star Boxing versus Golden Boy and Canelo. What percent has developed? Um, well, today, I believe there was a session. Today is going to be the last full session of the week. Uh, it was supposed to be opening statements and witnesses. Unfortunately, I was not on hand. I had to travel back home to, to business at hand. I could not stay in a courtroom in Miami as much as I'd love to enjoy my time in South Beach. But um, it was two full days of getting the jury selection. Um, it's weird. Golden Boy is kind of sending mixed signals. I mean, I understand the statement that they want to put out there, that they want to make it seem like this is a frivolous lawsuit and it's just a promoter trying to get rich off Golden Boy's name. The lawyer they have in place, though, Michael Olin, you know, that tells me they're taking this case very seriously. Michael Olin has actually represented Bob Arum in the past, uh, I believe, in a lawsuit against Don King, where he got that case uh, dismissed. Um, this guy, he knows what he's doing. He's, you know, Alex Brito is um is the lawyer for All Star Boxing. He's been dug in for pretty close to six years on this case. So I mean, that's you know, you're going up against a lot in that regard. Even though All Star Boxing is, you know, the smaller promoter in the undercard. So I, I think Golden Boy on the legal side, they truly understand what's at stake here. Because if they lose this case, this is we're talking multi million dollars. This isn't like you know a drop in the bucket where they could just go do a fight and recover this money. I mean, we're talking an eight figure settlement that's at stake, maybe even more. Some is, some are estimating nine figures, which I think is a little extreme. But you know, uh, all star boxing, this is like life changing money if they come out ahead in this case. 
I can imagine. Okay, and I was just gonna say, what do you think that settlement would be? Like twenty mil? Like what? I mean, you got okay. I'm hearing amounts. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm hearing amounts anywhere from some people estimating conservatively 20 million. Some people saying it could be over 100 million dollars. 100 million. Yeah, over 100 million. It's crazy. Um, the thing in Florida is that they're very known for being very liberal with their uh, judgment settlements. So, like, if it does rule in favor of all stop boxing, Golden Boy could be, you know, it, it could be a statistic at that point. You know, they're at the mercy of the jury. And the thing in Florida too is even if Golden Boy loses and appeals. They have to pay 150% of whatever the, the final settlement is. So let's say the jury says it's a $25 million settlement. Golden Boy has to put up a bond at that point for $37.5 million just to appeal the decision. So either way, they're going to have some money tied up for a very long time. I mean, hopefully this case reaches a point where they can figure out how to settle up and everyone just move about their business. But, I mean, these are serious charges. I mean, All-Star Boxing believes they had the first hand in, um, in Canelo Alvarez. They thought they were entering an honest agreement with Golden Boy Promotions. And according to the lawsuit, they were, you know, the, the Alvarez was stolen. The, the, the fight that they discovered was, was stolen from, you know, from right underneath them. They were left in the dust, and Golden Boy decided they were going to do what they want to do with Alvarez on their own, that they didn't need okay. another promoter along for the ride. This is according to the case, of course, not my I'm opinion. Jay, this, why has it taken this long to get right? Golden Boy, Golden Boy and Alvarez kept delaying it. Alvarez wanted to be on here. I mean, it required him being in courtroom. It wasn't like he could just jump on a plane, make an appearance, and then, okay, I'm going to go train for my next fight. Up until a couple of years ago, when he became, you know, the boxing superstar that he is today, Canelo was a very active fighter, and he required, you know, lengthy training camps in order to go into a fight, then recovery period, and he felt like, you know, getting into a court case, you know, would slow down that progress. Now, granted, a judge could have said, well, you know what, tough, you're supposed to be fighting for this promoter, so you're going to have to come to court. But he found a sympathetic ear in, in court on a number of occasions to where the, the case just kept getting pushed back, but now it finally reached a point where he doesn't have a next fight to point to. And, you know, people are going to say, hey, you know, if he agreed to fight Gennady Golovkin, you know, maybe this case gets delayed again. But, you know, that's why we're at we're at now. Um, you know, they finally agreed this would be the perfect time to do the case, you know, on their end. You know, Alvarez, he was the first one in the courtroom. He was in there even before Tadiko uh, Zabala and his legal team. But Alvarez came, Oscar De La Hoya came, Eric Gomez is there, uh, Ramiro is there, you know, a significant, you know, members of the, the Golden Boy Promotions family is on hand. So, but that was the reason why this case took over five years. Initially, I think people were trying to claim that it was just a frivolous lawsuit. You know, Tutico announced it right before Alvarez's first world title fight when he fought Matthew Hatton. So they thought he was just trying to cash in on, you know, Alvarez's name. But, you know, this case hasn't gone away. And I think Golden Boy has finally realized that. Jake, I have a question. How does something like this even, how does something like this even happen? Golden Boy has been in business long enough to know that you can't sign a fighter if they already have somebody. How how does something like this even occur? It, it's, I mean, maybe they just don't believe the documentation that's in place. Sometimes it's just flat up arrogance. And here's what I'm going to say about Golden Boy promotions. I mean, everyone knows it's been well documented. They had their own internal, you know, implosion. Um, they got Richard Schaefer out of there. You know, he was forced to resign a couple of years ago. This was the last matter on the docket where they actually could depend on Richard Schaefer because this is just, it's not named in any of the complaints and I'm surprised that Richard Schaefer hasn't been named in this lawsuit, but most people who have any familiarity with the case seem to think that Richard Schaefer was involved and, you know, he's the one that decided that they didn't need um, Felix Zabala alone for the ride, you know, to help co-promote, that they could do it on their own, that he was the one that, that stole Alvarez, but none of that is mentioned in any of these lawsuits, so I don't know what the case is with Goldwyn. I don't know why they I, I, they must, you know, obviously they know something that I don't, you know, they, they're much deeper in. I'm just a reporter. I'm not a lawyer by any means. But 
they seem to think that they, they obtained Alvarez, you know, free and legal, and, you know, that's the case that they want to prove in, in court. But I, I'm a little surprised. Like I said, when they got uh, Richard Schaefer, you know, away from the company and they started fresh, I thought this would be like a case where they would eventually settle and move on, you know, say, you know, this is nothing else. We can just start with a clean slate. But this is like the last lingering piece from that, you know, era when Golden Boy had a reputation of, you know, being involved with fighters who were other people's problems. I mean, um, Donito Danea was a significant uh, case where in 2011 he was signed to fight Abner Morris at one point because Golden Boy thought they were able to get him away from top rank. That fight fell apart when top rank got him back. And, you know, he's just, he's one of many, you know, Manny Pacquiao was the most famous example. I mean, that, you know, was a big part of the Cold War for all those years between top rank and Golden Boy. So it's definitely a story that has flown way under the radar and it's kind of, because some people, you know, may be affiliated with them or maybe they're on their <laughs> payroll and they work with them. So I understand they're not going to, you know, share too much of this, but you yeah. are just giving it straight. You know, you're not being biased or anything. So, look, what we want to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back with Jake Donovan. He's got some really, really big news to share. And then we're going to bring news. the focus again and we're going to talk about Canelo vacating the belt and how we honestly feel about that. So we'll be right back. Jake's buying us cars. The Caribe Hilton Hotel in San Juan, Puerto Rico will host the 29th WBO convention October 17th through October 21st. The World Boxing Organization is a sanctioning organization currently recognizing professional boxing world champions such as Sergey the Crusher Kovalev, Gilberto El Surdo Ramirez, Terrence Bud Crawford, Jesse La Nueva Generación Vargas, Roman Rocky Martinez. Registration forms and advertising opportunities are on our website at WBOboxing.com. The WBO also has a mission that extends beyond the ring. So help join the WBO on this fight and for more information on the WBO Convention of Puerto Rico and the Kids Drug Free Program, visit WBOboxing.com. And we're back. It is The Ruckus, Wednesday night. The Ruckus Podcast brought to you by BadCulture.net. Man, that commercial was jamming. I was dancing in my chair. I got distracted. (laughs) If you want to... If you want to call in and sound off, the number is 718-508-9852. We are on with RB. We are on with Jake Donovan. RB, take it away. Yeah, so that commercial was hot, man. Our our studio engineer, he really loved that. WBO, they're having their 29th convention in San Juan, Puerto Rico in October this year. So, you can visit their website if you want to go. Um, there's advertising opportunities on all types of cool stuff. Also, make sure you visit the Apple App Store. And there's an app called Box Stats. And it's seriously the best boxing app in a fighter name. You will click search and you get all of their information, whether it's their amateur background, their professional career, sparring, videos, everything you want to know about a fighter. So make sure you download that. It's free and it's only available on the Apple App Store. But anyway, enough about that. Let's go back to Jake. Jake, you've got some really, really big news that you want to share with our listeners and uh, all of the boxing world. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say, I did have some big news. I think I'm going to get changed. No, I'm, I'm going to the WBO convention in October. I mean, that, that music got me hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sad. I'm already going to June. I'm going to go back to, go back to uh, Puerto Rico in October. But no, seriously, uh, the news that I did want to share with all the viewers, and I want to share especially with all B&J, you guys have been so you know, instrumental in, in the development of my career in recent months. Um, I just wanted to tell all the viewers that I'm proud to announce I've been uh, given an offer by uh, NBC Sports to work with their team on the boxing side for the 2016 Summer Olympics. Yay! 
<laughs> so I'll be in studio with um. Yeah, yeah um, they ha- I'm not sure they announced the full team or who's going to be working with the Olympics, but I will be working in studio up in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. I won't be on site in Rio, so no fear of catching the Zika virus or anything like that. But um, we'll be on hand to you know provide research for the, for the broadcast team, and you know hopefully watch you know our American team bring home a medal. It's been you know eight years in the making, and you know we're very excited about it. So it's a tremendous opportunity. I was blown away when you know I got that phone call asking if I wanted to be part of it. So very excited. We are excited for you, and we're excited to learn more about the 2016 class because, to be honest, I mean, I know Clarissa Shields is going back, and I know um, there's another good kid, Shakur, that's going. But other than Clark that, Stevenson, yeah. yeah, we're going to rely on you to <laughs> you know, put us down with the 2016 team. And, I mean, look, uh, Earl Spence came out of, out of the Olympics and Fields Verdejo, and so – the guys that you're going to be covering and researching on, like, in four years from now, they could be, like, the next big thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a different time for the Olympics, too, especially with the dominance in Eastern Europe over the years. I mean, we've seen guys like, you know, Vasil Lomachenko was the best example. I mean, the guy in his second pro fight fighting for a world title, you know, coming within a couple of rounds of beating Orlando Salido, you know, to win the yeah, federal right. title, then winning it in his very third fight against another Olympian, and Gary Russell Jr., who had an amazing amateur career. So, I mean, yeah, there is. I mean, people, you know, they, they seem to think the Olympics don't hold the same value as it used to, maybe because the way the game changed so much. It went from, you know, actual boxing to just, you know, pity pat punching, you know, in order to score points. But there's been a lot of changes going on this year's Olympics. So maybe, you know, we get a return to, you know, the way boxing used to be. But there's definitely a lot of talent to be found. I mean, you, you look at top ranks, you know, stable. They went from all these superstars to now they got a lot of up-and-coming kids. But all these guys who, you know, Robert Garcia can't even pronounce their names. He's got to give them nicknames. But there's a lot of talent coming out of that gym. Yeah, Jake, so, I love yeah, the I mean, fact yeah, that they yeah. asked you to do it. You're a real boxing dude, like somebody we know, not somebody who they call their agent and they look pretty, not saying that you don't look pretty on TV, but somebody <laughs> who really knows something, someone, a voice we can trust, somebody who knows something, yeah. who lives it, who breathes it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. As often as we talk about people having to thank Al Hayman, I, I do kind of have to indirectly thank him. I mean, it was oh, my relationship with – hold Wait. on, hold on, hold on. I get that. I never met the man. You know, Al and I have no relationship whatsoever. But the the opportunity came from my working with NBC. I worked the September 26th uh, telecast of NBC um, in prime time when Deontay Wilder fought Birmingham, Alabama, actually filling in for Steve Farhood, who had fainting spells, couldn't make the trip, asked me to make the drive and fill in in his place. And that began my relationship with NBC. So, and ever since, you know, they appreciate the work that I put in for that team, you know, just, you know, getting all them, you know, the notes that they need. And I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm still blown away. I can't believe that, you know, I actually got that phone call from them asking me to work, you know, the 2016 Olympics. I put in for a credential to, to go to Rio, but I never, I never clue how, you know, I was going to get there. So now I just get to sit in the studio in Stanford, Connecticut and, and cover the games. So it's a dream oh, come true. Right, so go ahead. We'll let Jake you do it. Go ahead. Thank you, Thank God. Go ahead. Act like you want. <laughs> go ahead. Do it. You can do it. Oh, you know, first of all, of course, I'd like to thank Al Heyman. <laughs> thank your wife. <laughs> yeah, of course, thank my wife, thank my guy, yeah. thank everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. But, no, I mean, like I said, I, and I really want to thank you, too, because, you know, you two give me the shine. You show me, you know, probably far more respect than, you know, my writing career even deserves. So this is really why I was very excited to share this news with you listening. Well, we appreciate it, and I know our listeners are probably excited, and you have been such a cool addition to our show because you state facts, and that's that's what's important. You know, it doesn't matter who the promoter is, what the network is. It doesn't matter who the fighter is signed with. 
we just really try to call it right down the middle as much as possible. And I think people really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the only way you can be. I, mean, I know some people, they found their niche and, you know, slamming one side, slamming the other side. And it goes both ways. It's not just people slamming the PVC. It's people on that side of that of the street as well, you know, that are slamming, you know, the other side. You know, why aren't HBO putting on better fights? And then people, you know, who support HBO saying, why aren't PVC doing this and that? But it is. It's, it's, I don't get why people need to choose sides, you know, because eventually when those sides make up, then, then the first one they're going to look at is the people who chose the side in the first place. And they're like, well, you know, if you went against me this time, who's to say you're not, you know, going to go against me next time? So. It's, you know, our job is just to report the facts. There are, you know, there are plenty of writers who do it out there. You know, Mitch Abramson is someone I talk to every single day, and, you know, he does a fantastic job with Ring TV, former boxing scene uh, uh, contributor, former New York Daily News uh, columnist. So, I mean, it, there are writers out there that, you know, do what they're supposed to do. So you, you just have to weed through the nonsense sometime and, and, you know, find the news, which is our job. A lot, far too many people lose sight of that, but our job is just to present the news as objectively as possible. All right. So, Jake, you've been following yes. uh, the court case down in Florida. Why don't I – can? it seems just like Canelo has been getting his fair share mm. of real focused hate. For the first time in his career, he's on the other side of the gun. Right. What? What is your take on this? Is it justified? We've seen people vacate belts before. Why is this so, so intense these last couple of weeks? You know, a lot of times, and I'm going to take this all the way back to when Golden Blade Promotions first became, you know, a, a promoter, when Oscar De La Hoya first formed this company, which Rich Chip, you know, when they did it, they swore that they were going to do things different, that they were going to change the industry. And every time a promoter comes in that bold, you know, people are going to hold them to their word. And when they fail, they're like, oh, this is what you said. How come you're not doing it? Everyone makes these claims. It's just who makes these claims the loudest. So now I'm going to go rewind a little bit to the moments right after Canelo landed that right-hand bomb on Amir Khan to knock him out in the sixth round of the May 7th fight. Afterwards, they insisted there was going to be no obstacles. You know, who cares about weight? You know, Gennady Golovkin wants to fight at 165. We're going to fight him at 160. They're not going to hold anything up. We're going to call you Sunday morning. Gennady, you better answer the phone call. Next thing you know, the, the next significant update in the case, in the um, in negotiations, is that Canelo's giving up his belt. That's not what fans wanted to hear. I mean, we've seen writers having Twitter meltdowns, removing Canelo from their profile picture. It's it was just insanity. I've never seen a reaction like this to someone giving up their belt. I mean, but maybe they felt like they lost hope in the fight happening. I was actually one of the few writers who was never really optimistic that the fight was going to happen in September. I became more optimistic, actually, after Canelo gave up his belt. Because by doing that, he was no longer obligated to making the fight by May 24th. He was no longer obligated to a 55-45 first split. At that point, giving up his belt, he could then dictate to Gennady, you know what, here's your belt. I'm still the biggest payday that, you know, that's out there for you. If I want you to take 30%, you're going to take 30%. If I want you to fight at 157, you're going to either take that fight or you're going to go fight some mandatory contender for whatever chump change they're going to offer you. And granted, Gennady's making bank on his own, but there is no payday out there that even compares to what he can make against Canelo Alvarez. A fight where people are already having him a 4-1 favorite to win. I mean, that's, you know, if that's not easy money, you know, you, you take whatever deal Canelo offers you at that point. So once Golden Boy is in a position to resume negotiations with K2 Promotions, Gennady Golovkin. I honestly think this fight will get made. It's going to have to get made at this point. Canelo cannot take any more bad press. I mean, he caught the backlash from that, and now this court case. I mean, Golden Boy needs a win at this point. All right, RB, bring the ruckus. <laughs> All right, here we go. So I feel the WBC has been very, very kind to Canelo over the years. I think he won his first title against uh, Hatton, at a catch weight, Jake, am I correct there? I think it was like one, one. 
And since then, he yep. continues to fight at catchweights. And I think the WBC was finally putting their foot down. Yes, they did get a beautiful sanctioning fee from Canelo. But with that being said, I mean, they keep letting him fight at these catchweights. So I think enough was enough. And they wanted him to man up. If you're just a fan, then yes, you are pissed the hell off. And it goes to show me that the fans still care about the belt. You know, how many times last year did we hear people say, oh, it's not about the belts. Nobody cares about the belts. Belts don't mean anything. Obviously, they do. Because the fans, like Jake said, had a meltdown. They do care. Um, you know, why did he call out Golovkin on pay-per-view? Why was Oscar in, in back of him raising the roof? You know what I mean? Real chance <laughs> yeah. to real thing. do that on pay-per-view, and then you go to a post-fight press conference and you act like, you know, it's going to happen, answer your phone call. Okay, you can't call and say, yo, we're taking 90%, we're going to give you 1%. That's not realistic, you know? Now, here's what I do want to say. Now, if you're in the industry and you have a little more business savvy about what's going on here, then you understand why this happened. Canelo is 25 years old. He's still a baby. You know what I'm saying? Golovkin can ruin a career. Look at the people that Golovkin has fought. He's that serious. You know I mean, like, he's that much of a monster that he can ruin you. Canelo is keeping the lights on at Golden Boy Promotions. Why would they want to really do that fight right now? So, you know what I mean? I'm seeing both sides. As a fan, angry, pissed off, F him. Everybody's writing him off. Mexico is, like, burning flags and I get it. Yikes. On a business side, I also get why they did it. I mean, a fight with Colossus can ruin you. With that being said, you know, I don't know. Man, Call damn. Man, fight the fight. Yeah, that damn was well said. I mean, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's a shame. It's I guess people just aren't responding to, um, you know, maybe Canelo's need to feel that he has to be in the driver's seat. You know, and, and we saw a lot of that with when he was fighting um, Miguel Cotto. I mean, there were certain concessions that Golden Boy was willing to make. That was just a different deep mentality in Thailand that they were, you know, just not used to dealing with. That fight finally got made, but I'm not sure it met everyone's, you know, I'm not sure everyone was satisfied with that event. So maybe that's the day one of, you know, a little less uh, muss and fuss going into, you know, negotiations with, uh, with Gennady Golovkin and, I guess so far we're not getting it, but, you know, what we're also not getting is that the fight is dead. That's the weird thing is that, you know, Golden Boy never said we're not, you know, going to fight Canada Golovkin. Now, the one thing I will say, you know, Canelo said they were going to resume negotiations with uh, K2 Promotions. Uh, Tom Loeffler, you know, who's probably one of the easiest guys in the industry to work with, he's let it be known that, you know, his phone hasn't been ringing so far ever since that announcement that they uh, turned over the belt. So it's like, you know, like you said, Arby, we get the business side of it, but, you know, the fan, what the fans aren't hearing is that these two are – you know, serious and moving forward with making this fight happen in September. And, and they don't care. Now, here's right. the thing. Can we forgive Canelo? I can if he fights Golovkin in May. I, I, and I know that sounds like a new school answer because the old school RB mentality would be like, nah, he could not have Golovkin next. Like, that's embarrassing. How dare he vacate a belt? But right. the fan in me, I'm okay if he fights Golovkin in May. I, I can forgive him. Can we, I don't know, can Jay, can you forgive him? Hell no. And I'm going to have to take the asshole approach. I'm going to take the asshole approach. Because if you get, if I pay my fifty nine ninety five and I paid for the pay-per-view, because I didn't go to Vegas, I bought the pay-per-view, I did not stream it, I watched it on a TV, 
If you come on my TV after a fight and you say, I have big balls, I want to, we could fight tonight if he don't, if you want to. That means money ain't a thing. You're not tripping off of the money. That means you all about the glory and you about your name. But then, oh, we could fight tonight. Bring him up here. I'm going to talk shit about him too, right now too with faith. Look at me. And if you get on my TV and that's your approach, then the money ain't an issue. You about your glory. You about the fight. Make the fight. Yes, 55-45 ain't fair. But if you get on my TV and you say you don't care, you don't care. What's the problem? You can always get into negotiations. Don't let it go to purse bid. Tell your promoter to pull out them pockets, and they better not be white and show and lining, and, and, and control the fight that way. So that's my approach to it. I want to know what the callers are talking about because I'm sure they're lit in a switchboard. The nine one seven. Lou DeBell has been on hold. He's ready to oh, bring oh, oh, oh. Talk about, I'm just. We don't even have to say nothing. Here, here we go. We need, we, he needs his Hi, own Lou music. Hi, Lou. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, Hello. like it's bizarre to be listening to a uh, a podcast that's actually balanced and intelligent. It figures that it's two ladies running it. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank um, you, Lou. So, though, though, Jake, you're completely wrong, bro. The fight's not fucking happening. I mean, seriously. Okay. Come on. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, very simply, it's not happening. They're in court right now. You're covering the case. You're one of the few people covering the case. I mean, sure. they're, they're, you think that they're going to put, like, particularly, A, they're not going to do anything until this whole situation is settled. Now, if it goes through the trial and there's a big number, right, I, I mean, and there may be, who knows? But if there's mm-hmm. a big number, I'm not... I'm not, I don't know, I'm not judging the case, like, I'm not there, it's not my business, but if right. they have to write a big check, you think they're going to put the golden goose in to get his ass kicked? Right. And you think yep. it's an accident, he's been fighting guys much smaller than he is? I mean, forget about, like, the fact he's a 155-pound champion, I mean, kid is a, is a money machine and he's a big attraction, and from a business standpoint, you know, I don't blame him for protecting him, I blame him for being fucking hypocrite and lying and feeding the kid stupid stuff to say. So he makes an ass of himself and them. And instead of just saying, I'm not going to you know, go through with the fight under anything but favorable terms to me. They're overwhelmingly favorable to me because even in a gross mismatch that, that performed miserably, I did multiples of what Golovkin did on pay-per-view and I'm a bigger attraction because that's what they really mean. But going on the air and saying, I'm a Mexican, Mexican pride, I'll fight you any day. You know, call me, Oscar saying, call me tomorrow. Kiss my ass. Be real. Keep it real. You know, and, right. and, and the fight's not happening for business reasons. Then be, be open and honest and discuss the business reasons. And also, with the lawsuit pending, I don't believe for a second that fight's happening anytime soon. That they, if, the, if, they, if they have to write a giant check to, to Zavala's company, which I'm not saying they will, I don't know, but it's going to be decided now, they're not putting this kid at risk in a fight where you and I know he's getting his ass kicked. But, yeah. frankly, it's none of my business, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm overwhelmingly probably right. Lou, Lou I, 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 I'm going to I'm gonna have to have your back on that one. If you get on my TV and you say all this mess about you ready to fight tonight, tonight then the money doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. But no, now but they're tied all, up in legal litigation. There's nothing wrong ahead, with promotion. And bullshit, unfortunately, the reality is 
bullshit is part of promotion. In anything, in every sport, there's an element of bullshit that's naturally part of promotion. But if you know that you're not going to come through with what you're saying, don't fucking say it. It's dumb. It's hurting the kid. It's hurting you. It's hurting your credibility. Don't say it. Keep it real, okay? Keep it real. I'll fight you, maybe. Give me you, give me 80% of the money. You want, you want me so bad? You're not the attraction. I don't need you. I can keep making money. You really can't. I mean, you can if you're, you want to limit yourself to HBO money. Look, like, I, I think Golovkin's the best. I, I'm a huge fan. I mean, anyone who follows my, my Twitter feed knows I'm a huge fan. But... I mean, I, I understand the realities of business and that, that, that Canelo's not fighting him unless he gets the lion's share of the money. But, like, I'm not so much faulting business decisions because they're people's prerogative. And what the fans think, frankly, isn't going to change ultimately, you know, the, 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 you know, I'm still getting tweets and hate mail and hate tweets about uh, a 40-year-old Mar- Martinez not fighting Golovkin, when, when that fight, Golovkin was nowhere near pay-per-view. There was no money in the fight. And, and you know, Sergio had never made real money. And people are saying, we ducked Triple G. Members of the press are saying, we, we, we ducked Triple G. Sergio Martinez never ducked anybody. Unfortunately, had Triple G been in a position where Sergio could have earned a big payday when Sergio was in his brief moment at the top of the game and where he wasn't getting screwed around, the fight would have happened. They never intersected, you know? But, like, right now, the business reality is, is Canelo's the bigger draw than, than Golovkin. Okay, I mean, economically, you know? Okay, yeah. all right, that's, that's fine. But then don't go out there and start pulling ethnic pride and, and screaming, call my phone tomorrow, when you don't mean it. Lou, let's switch gears a little bit. Let me ask you about Lara versus GGG, a Lara call-out. Is this real? I think it's real, yeah. I think Lara will fight anybody. Now, you know, a lot of people don't love Lara. Lara's a really skilled guy. Frankly, he probably gives Triple G more problems than a guy that's going to come right at him that has no defensive ability and can't box. You know, but it's not like the, the being – forget about the fact the public's not screaming for – a Lara fight. Lara happens to be a good fighter, and the fact that he's calling out a guy that no one else is calling out, well, you know what? I give him props for that. I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of Lara. I like him as a person, and I, and, and I actually think he's really good. But I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a Gaddy Ward kind of guy, so it's not like Lara's style is my kind of style. It's not, you know? But I give him his props the same way I would give Riggins his props, even though I don't care if I see him. And I'll give a lot of other people their props, even though they're not my, my first choices in ter- terms of who I want to watch, in terms of their ability, you know? I, I don't blame fans for saying, I don't like Lara's style, so I don't want to see the fight, but shitting on Lara for pulling him out is dumb. Well, Thurman Porter, June 25th. It was announced, you guys have a loaded, loaded undercard. Besides Heather Hardy, who I love on that card, I hope she comes to the Raging Day brunch. You added a couple other fights. Can you do a quick run-through of the undercard? Yeah, Adam Kalnacki, um, young heavyweight from New York, is going to be on the card. We're in the process of trying to finalize his fight. Um, Jared Hurd, who would be Frank Galarza on Showbox, looks sensational doing yep. it. He's going to be on the card fighting a, another undefeated kid. Um, Molina. Uh, Benavides, the kid that uh, Samson Lukowicz promotes. <laughs> At 168 pounds, like young prospect, tremendous power. He's fighting Francie and Tutu, 
who's an undefeated fighter from Canada. Um, Regis Prograis, who was one of the ESPN prospects Regis. of the year, made most year-end prospect of the year list. Um, he's going to be fighting for the NABF title on that card. We're in the process of finalizing contracts on that fight. Um, Jonathan Alonso, Spanish Olympian, originally for the Dominican Republic, um, undefeated kid that I promote. He'll be on the card. Um, the card's loaded. It's going to be, lo- you know, what you mentioned, Heather. It's going to be loaded from the time people walk in the door to the time they leave, and there's not going to be a single fight on the card that's on paper uh, a mismatch. You know, uh, you know the, the two main events are so good, it deserves a supporting card that, you know, rises to that level. And I also think, you know, we're going to have somewhere between, I'd say, between fourteen and 16,000 people at the yeah. Barclay Center. That, and, and, I want to be. Yeah, we've we, we got to put, like, our best foot forward. And I've always, you know, moaned and complained that too often the undercards aren't good enough and, and, and you know, that, that, you know, one of the things that it, a lot of times you see at MMA events is that when you walk in the door you get competitive stuff from the beginning to the end. Um, there's going to be competitive stuff from the time the doors open until people walk out that night. And the two, obviously, like, Cuellar and, and, and Morris and... and uh, and Thurman and Porter are two terrific fights for for Showtime, you know, CB, you know, Showtime on CBS. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the card, but people that come into the Barclays Center, you're not going to see there's no Showtime Extreme. So the entire undercard, you're only going to get if you come to the Barclays Center and you buy tickets to see the fight live. And um, and the one good thing about about the way the room is set up is that we can we can open up more of the, like, you know, the, up, the seats upstairs so people aren't going to get shut out of those seats. Now, if you want to sit in good seats, you better be calling right now. Um, but if you just want to be in the building, I think that people are going to have that opportunity, and there are a lot of affordable seats uh, you know, that are still around, and, and people should, should call to get them. The, the, the good seats, the floor seats, the good seats on the risers, those are literally flying out. So people who haven't bought their tickets yet... Lou. Yes. Me and Jay want to sit next to you. Make it happen. Listen, um, the WBC ruled today that Wilder is allowed to make a voluntary defense this summer. And we know that you are Wilder's number one guy. You promote him. Is it? I know you probably don't know much now, but is this going to go back to Alabama or can he come back to Brooklyn? I, I mean, I, right now, literally the WBC just, you know, gave the pronouncement today that, that, you know, Deontay can go ahead and take this fight before they they finish their um, quote-unquote investigation, which, you know, I, look, I, I, I think they're doing good things with their clean boxing program. I think they've done the right stuff so far, and I'm confident they'll, they'll continue to in this area. Um, you know, they're also really trying to get all of the, their fighters who fight for the WBC to, to do, you know, 12-month, all-year-round PED testing. And I think that that's a huge step, and that I really give them kudos for that. Um, but with respect to Deontay's next fight, we just really found out today. So, like, I don't think we're we're going to take a look, obviously, at, at you know Brooklyn's interested, Vegas is interested. Um, you know, it's interesting, but I think Deontay. A lot of people, I, I think, what just happened to him actually got a lot of attention, and and there's a lot of interest in, in his career at the moment, and and so a lot of places are interested in the fight. But um, you know, I, I think that there's that Alabama is certainly going to be in the mix. But right now, no decisions have been made on anything. You know, the only thing that I could tell you is that Deontay would like to have been in the ring yesterday. So he just wants to, he wants to he wants to fight ASAP. I mean, he he was geared up. You know, 
He, he got himself in unbelievable shape. He doesn't want to get himself out of that kind of shape. So he really wants to get in as soon as we can make it happen. And, that, and that's what we gotta, you know, we're going to try to do. We've got to find a, a site. We've got to find a television date. Um, we've got to find someone to fight, which if you look at the heavyweight rankings these days, isn't so easy. Um, so, you know, we've we got, you know. You know who I'm thinking? I'm thinking, like, Chris Ariola. Like, it's, it's, why not? It's just a summer tune-up, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 it's interesting you mentioned that, but, like, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, there's, when you look at the rankings, there's, there's not a lot of choices. And, you know, people are tweeting out stuff about, like, you know, Joseph Parker and Anthony Joshua and these young guys, and they're not running to make that fight on incredibly short notice, that kind of fight. That kind of fight's going to be built to, frankly, both both Joshua and Parker are going to take a bunch of other fights. Klitschko and Fury are fighting each other. It's not going to be that level of matchup over the summer. I mean, that level of matchup is the kind of matchup that takes, you know, months and months to promote and, and lead up to. And probably, honestly, if I'm promoting Parker and I'm promoting uh, Joshua, I'm not running to Deontay Wilder immediately. So, like, you know, we're going to have to f- figure out someone to fight over the summer. It's got to be someone that's going to bring an audience to TV, someone that can sell tickets. And if you look, like I said, if you look at the heavyweight division, um, honestly, it's like sort of feast or famine. There's a really interesting top of the division. And then, you know, and by the way, a lot of the guys, like some of the guys Deontay beat up, who he got, you know, like Molina and Duhapa, um, they had big wins after Deontay beat them. And they're still in the rankings, and you're not going to fight them again. And you're not going to fight Severn again when you beat him every friggin' round. And and frankly, there's not a lot of choice. So so you know we're going to be ha- we're, I'm going to have to put my chicken cap on and get together with with Deontay and his, his management. Oh, I, just, I just told that, you. I just told you. You said a marketable guy who can sell some tickets who's always in a good fight. It's Chris Ariola. There it is. All right. So well, I'm well, you know, well, not, I know I'm not a matchmaker. Obviously, that name has crossed my mind. Oh. Word on the curb. Lou, you want to give us the word? Give us the word on the curb, Lou. Make it official. No word on the curb on this yet. Okay. No Literally, today's the first time that, you know, we really started thinking, okay, we got to nail down a date. We got to work out the TV. We got to get a site. We got to find an opponent. You know, we got to, you know, and Deontay's like, he's chomping at the bit, man. I got to tell you something. I, the thing with Chris Ariola, I like Chris Ariola. You know, I feel sorry for whoever the next guy Deontay gets in the ring with, man. I do because another guy that another guy that you promote Lou another guy you promote Lou is Danny Jacobs and it seems like we got Laura calling out Golovkin and BJ Saunders is calling him out everybody's starting to call out Golovkin except his mandatory Danny Jacobs when can we expect to see him back and if the WBA does order that fight do you think that uh, he'll he'll fight that fight or drop the belt. Um, first of all, like, I, I think, you know, Danny's another guy that wants to get in the ring, um, ASAP. And I think you're going to see him return, you know, sometime soon. Um, I, I think, I think a, a Golovkin fight's not going to, obviously on, on nobody's side, including Golovkin's until the situation with Canelo clears up, uh, is, is, I don't think Golovkin's going to be running to make anything like that immediately either, but I think that, you know, Danny wants to fight somewhere down the line. I think it'll happen. I don't think it's, I mean, the B, the BA has already said they're not going to do anything in terms of 
calling for the fight until the uh, the Canelo, uh, you know, Golovkin situation. My, my issue with Danny Jacobs is that he's been the regular champ for two years. But why wouldn't he want to be the super champ? Why isn't he calling out the boss? Well, um, let me ask you a question, okay? I mean, yeah. neither neither Golovkin, I mean, you, you talked about business previously, right? Yeah. I mean, it's an economic business. It's live, live, neither, net, no premium cable network can afford that fight, nor is there any reason to think at the moment it would do any pay-per-view business. So where's the economics mm-hmm. on that fight? Okay. That, that's that's valid. Watch, I'm, a, I'm a boxing fan, right? So Crawford Postal is a fight I'd like to see, but it's a pay-per-view atrocity. Well, we'll have to see. I was actually talking to Jay earlier tonight, and I think that it might even sell a little better than Golovkin and Lemieux. Not by um, much, because, but I think it Gol- Golovkin and Lemieux went into the toilet bowl and never right. should have been on pay-per-view. <laughs> and Crawford Postal shouldn't be on pay-per-view. Something being a good fight doesn't mean it should be on pay-per-view. Well, look, that's the public to ante up 70 bucks or 60 bucks on any kind of regular basis for shit that they're used to seeing in the past, live on HBO or live on Showtime, or frankly, on the present, is Thurman Porter is not a better fight than a lot of the stuff that people are putting out there for 70 bucks or 60 bucks. I mean, well, where, you know, where does one start on pay-per-view? Because you've got to start somewhere. So no, where... you, don't, you, don't, you don't start on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, pay-per-view doesn't grow. The, I mean, look, I used to run pay-per-view. That's for, why I'm asking you. HBO. I mean, Frankly, I'm one of the experts in pay-per-view, period, and that's a fact. I mean, I was I was a TV executive before I was a promoter, and probably better at it, actually. But but um, I was a really good television executive. I'm a good promoter, but yeah, I was you really were good at executive. Um, you know, pay-per-view doesn't grow the business; it constricts the business. I mean, Lemieux Golovkin was turned out to be a really bad move, honestly, for Triple G, and I love Tom Loeffler and I. He's a friend of mine, and I and I and I actually love Triple G, but but that fight not performing didn't help his negotiating posture, and it was the best fight he fought in a while on paper. Even though I told everyone Lemieux had no shot at all, but that fight would have been an unbelievable HBO fight, and the, the numbers it wound up generating on pay per view, it could have been an HBO fight, and it should have been an HBO fight, and Crawford Postal should be an HBO fight. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, there's, no, there's no reason to think that. And, and again, Jacobs and Golovkin, the economics probably at the moment they're very hard to figure out how that would work. No, no premium cable network is paying enough of a license fee to satisfy both sides of that fight. And just look at the performance of recent pay-per-views. What makes you think that that fight would perform at all on pay-per-view? Well, Lou. We're we're gonna go to the phone line, but thank you for calling in. Thank you for the undercard. And Jake, yeah. congratulations on that Olympic game. Thank you so much, Lou. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Right. Keep us posted on that Danny Garcia coming to Brooklyn in August too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we got somebody, man. I'm. I... It's so lit in here tonight. I'm kind of scared to pick up these phone lines. I'm going to pick up Philly. Let's see. Let's, let's see what we got. 
267-901. Bring the ruckus. What you want to bring the ruckus on? Yo, Who is it? Tevin. Oh, Tevin Farmer. Oh, What's up, Tevin Farmer? Yo, you going to bring the ruckus tonight? <laughs> nah, not tonight. I was earlier, but I'm tired. Yo, it's a coincidence. Nah, nah, you nah, uh, nah, nah. picked me up right after Lou. <laughs> Yeah, it is. What's now, good, you gotta, Tevin? You gotta, what's up? Nah, I ain't that much. I want to talk about the uh, GGG Laura. Yeah, all right. I don't, I don't see why people mad at that fight. Uh, I think a fight, a fight is better than no fight. If no one else is calling them out and only one person is calling them out, why is he mad about it? I don't understand that. And I actually think it will be a good fight, perhaps, than a lot of other people with GGG just fought recently. I actually like that fight. All right. Excellent, excellent. Well, Tevin Farmer, whew, we went over um, our broadcast, so let me put you back in the queue and just hang on with us for a second. Why don't we take a quick, quick commercial break, and then we will be back for a couple more topics, and then we're going to wrap it up for the night. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. Man, this is a show. It doesn't even seem like we've been talking for that long, but we have gone over an hour, and that's okay. The boxing fans are passionate. I love the passion. It's better than just being like, eh, but all right. I, I like the passion. I like the phone lines lit up. Real quick, I went to Provodnikov versus Molina Media Day here in Los Angeles on Tuesday. John Molina, Ruslan Provodnikov, um, a fight that's going to be, there will be blood. Maybe they should call that fight that. Both of them are going to have promised to bring the show, to bring the fight to each other, both looking in shape. How much defense will be used in that fight? I can't really answer that, but we know that's going to be an exciting fight that is just going to go for as long as it lasts. We will see how Ruslan Provodnikov has improved with during his time with Joel Diaz. And uh, John Molina has another trainer again. He left Joe Goosen again. Um, and, and and so I, I can't remember who the trainer is for this fight. It was told to me, but I can't remember. But he has a different trainer in his corner for this fight. So we shall see how it happens. Jake Donovan, Provodnikov versus Molina. We know there will be blood, but whose blood is going to get spilled on the campus? Oh, man. Um, I, I think this is a very good opportunity for uh, Ruslan Provodnikov to have a great uh, debut on Showtime. This is a really good showcase uh, performance uh, opportunity for him. That said, John Molina Jr. has definitely upset the apple cart before. I mean, he, he proved it against Hank Lundy. He proved it against um, Mickey Bay. I mean, you know, both of those fights he was losing pretty much every single round, came back and scored a dramatic knockout. You know, so he, he does have a flair for um, for the dramatics. Uh, yeah, maybe he pulls a rabbit out of hat in this one, but I – I, I think this is a really good fight for providing golf to look great and, and return right back into the 140-pound mix. I agree with you, Jake, but the, the undercard fight that I'm looking forward to is the Andre versus Willie Nelson fight. I think that this matchup is fine under the radar. Both guys have been pretty inactive, so you can't say, oh, well, you know, one is more than the other. I think it's a good matchup. I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I think Demetrius Andrade will pull out the win, but I don't think it's going to be pretty or easy any way, shape, or form. I like the matchup. 
I love it. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. Uh, you you put up a poll. Um, I think it was last week. You, know, you asked him for the best. Uh, I, I guess it was right after the show. So I'm calling. Asking for the best 154 pound fighter in the world. I mean, with the right amount of activity, it could be Demetrius Andrade. You know, this is a great fight for him to to prove his worth in that division. Talent wise, he's right there. I mean, he needs the the you know the the actual wins in the ring to prove that he is the very best. If he beats Will Nelson, I mean, he, he's right there in the mix. He's right up there with the Charlos, with Eris Lambie Lara. He has all the talent in the world, and he's a 154-pound guy that a lot of guys are not going to be in a hurry to face. So, you know, like you were saying with Lara calling out Triple G, you know, he's one of those guys. Eventually somebody has to fight him. All right. I know. Uh, let's see. Love we it. have actually, Jay, I don't know how many minutes we have left, but Mark Abrams just sent me a text message. And he wants you to bring him onto the show. Is there a number in the queue that would read 856? It sure is. Let's bring him on. Oh, Here he is. The man we had of 10,000 what? What's happening, ladies? How you doing? The hardest working yeah. man in boxing. He's sending us an email well, right this- now. And you got my man Jake Donovan on, on as well. This, this is like a dream come true. Oh, I don't know, Mark. What's going on, Jake? Are, are I'm, you no, with a press release right now? No, I'm, well, I'm actually sitting on a plane. If I could send a press release, I would. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in, in Chicago on my way back from L.A. I saw the lovely Deandra <laughs> yesterday. She attended That's our amazing. event, the Rusan Pavonikov uh Media Day. It was a great turnout, Deandra. What did you think? I think it was great. The parking lot was full. Some great folks in the gym. Showtime was there. The guys looked primed and ready. They hammed it up, but they're definitely ready for a serious fight, and it's going to be a good one for anybody who tunes in. It's going to be a great fight June 11th. We're just uh, sitting here ready to depart here on the runway. As you can hear the the, uh, (laughs) flight attendants get ready to tell me to shut this thing off. All oh, right, we'll tell the pilot again. He said hello. We'll do. We'll All do. Right, Have right, a great show, girls. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Jake. All right, Mark. You guys. Safe travel. Dang, I'm just waiting for Carl Moretti to call in next. Uh, I know. Listen, I think, I think we're going to wrap up here. I want to give a couple shout-outs. Um, I've been working with John Francis, LLC, and I'm just going to plug this real quick. And we've been educating fighters on how to protect their wealth and how to make smart investments. And there are policies out there for fighters that, you know, they, they can protect you, God forbid they get hurt or anything like that. It protects their family. So if you're a fighter, a trainer, a manager, a promoter, and you're listening right now, contact me. I would love to get on the phone with uh, myself and John and you and talk about ways to protect these fighters better. A lot of them don't even have insurance. A lot of them don't have life insurance or anything whatsoever to protect them. And, and unfortunately, we see what happened with Pritchard Cologne, and uh, we don't want that to happen to anyone. But if it does happen, we want to make sure you're protected. So, Don Francis, shout out to him. War tape, you know, best tape in the game, the original brand athletic tape. And definitely want to say thank you to Box Stats. Make sure you download their app on the Apple Box Store. And we and did I- not forget about the tickets. We didn't forget about the tickets. We do have those tickets for the upcoming Thurman Porter fight to give away. In order for you to win these tickets, you have to tweet us to RBNJ. I'm Jay. What is my Twitter? Michelle Bully in the changing. I don't even know what my Twitter is. Jay LaBeouf. 
You have to tweet Jay LaBeouf and Raging Babe a picture, not your address. Put your finger over it. If you have a New York photo ID, cover up your address and tweet a picture of your New York ID to RBNJ, and then we will take all of our entrants. We're going to put them on the spinny wheel, and then we're going to pick a winner, and the winner will win tickets to the Thurman Porter fight at Barclays Center, and you can thank RB&J for that. So you must have a New York ID. That way we know you live there, and you won't just throw them up on StubHub and sell them. Before we sign off for the evening, I must congratulate our man, Jake Donovan. That is so cool. For those of you who just don't, that don't grasp that, we complain so many times when we watch these sporting events about reporters asking stupid questions. Jake is a person who lives and breathes this sport. He's not going to ask these stupid questions because he knows what he's talking about. He's not just somebody they picked out of a hat and went, oh, he looks good on the picture. I'm not saying he doesn't. But he actually knows he has the depth of knowledge to represent the sport well. I'm very proud of you. I know RB is, and we look forward to seeing you doing great, great things on the Olympic telecast. So congratulations to you once again. I'd like to thank all of our all of our callers. You guys are on fire. We couldn't even get to all of you. Switchboard looks like a bingo board. Bingo. And I want to thank, of course, my girl, RB, co-host, always holding us down. Make sure you tune in again on Monday for the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and Jay. We'll be back bigger, better, more awesome, more jaywalking. Prank will be back. You never know who will call in on the hotline bling. We always do a great show, and we thank you, the listeners, for continuing to support us, tweet us, Make sure you use the ruckus for tonight's show. Make sure you use TMPS for the morning show. And just thank you for giving us an opportunity to share our voice. So with that, we're going to sign off for the evening and good night.